I, as a CEO, I'm in charge of everyone's growth in the company and every employee in the company is in charge of my growth as a CEO. I really expect them to help me become a better CEO. The future of work isn't about shareholder value, technology, metrics, or automation. It's about being human and putting people first through actionable love. Welcome to the Love in Action podcast, where we hold deep conversations with extraordinary people to help you grow as a leader and expand your business. Here's your host, Marcel Schwantes. Welcome to another episode of the Love in Action podcast, the show where we explore the intersection of business leadership, culture, and practical love. And we do that by talking with the world's most prominent leaders and executives to learn from them what it takes to run companies where people and the business both flourish. Glad you could join us. Please spread the love by sharing this episode with friend and uh, we would be grateful if you could leave us a review as well on iTunes. Well, you already know if you're a regular listener that you know we love to feature executives of growing companies with great work cultures to talk about how they lead and how they take care of their people and how that leads to business growth and today we get to feature one of these leaders i'm going to be speaking to omar glass the co-founder and ceo of growth space growth space is the world's leading employee development platform and the company has such a great story growth space was founded on the belief that the future of learning and development, L&D, is data-driven, measurable, and personalized for every employee. And I'm going to have Omer describe that more in depth shortly. So prior to co-founding Growth Space, Omer Glass worked as a management consultant with Shaldor, one of Israel's leading management consultancies. He's also held a variety of positions in the U.S., U.K., Singapore, Germany, and Turkey. Omar holds an MA in Behavioral Economics from BGU in Israel and is the chairman of Hands of Light, a nonprofit dedicated to supporting ALS and cancer patients. He now joins us. Omar, such a pleasure. Welcome to the Love and Action podcast. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Thank you. Well, you know, before we dive into your work, with Grow Space and the company and how you do things there, we have a tradition on this show. This is how we start. You ready? Mm-hmm. What's your story, man? <laughs> I think that the name of a Growth Space, I think my story is a lot around growth. I, I'm like a freak of growth. And I think it's really like a, throughout my short history to find things that really challenge me. One of my friends took me to 10 kilometer run and I wasn't a runner. And then, then I said, why not? I will run a marathon. And then I like practiced like for a year and then I ran a marathon. Or, you know, I just watched free solo like a month ago and I decided, okay, I'm going to learn how to climb or I'm going to start a startup or I'm going to do, I don't know, whatever. I'm going to do some motorbiking in the Himalayas. So my story, this is like, a, it's a basically a story around growth. I'm like a freak of growth. A freak of growth. And it sounds <laughs> to me like you're also, you like mental challenges or being um, intellectually challenged as well. And so what I'm getting from that theme. 
Yeah, definitely. I am, I'm a very dedicated Vipassana meditator. So every year I go to a 10-day Vipassana seminar where you sit silently and just meditate or I practice yoga every morning. So yeah, I like this. Yeah. The theme of growing and growth is going to play out during this conversation. So it's just, it's just inevitable. And so we'll touch on that because I got questions about growth and why growth is so important because this is what your company is all about. So before we get into all of that, I want our listeners to get familiar with growth space. I mean, what's a good way to describe the business? So the story is relatively simple. And the reason we started growth space is because if I will ask you or anyone in the audience, okay, let's say now you want to become the world's best podcaster. So what will be the ultimate growth for you? 90% or 99% of the people will say, okay, find me the world's number one podcaster, like the number one rated podcast in uh, Apple Music uh, or Apple Podcasts and uh, connect you to so you can get the insights and learning from world's top podcaster. Right. So it's the same for, okay, in finance and I want to become better, maybe I can be matched with a CFO who can teach me. Or if a CEO and I want to work on my leadership, so great. So work with a leadership coach. So basically the ultimate development opportunity in the world is finding what's your area of growth. Like where do you want, like in what do you want to grow? Yeah. And then match you with the right expert who's, specializes in your specific growth area. So this is what GrowSpace is doing. It's a platform that connects thousands of people with over a thousand experts from over 40 different countries. Each one of them is an expert in something different. Some of them with sales, marketing, R&D, leadership, communication, storytelling, etc. Yeah. It's so fascinating to me how the company's mission and everything you're about to help really, I mean, helping, yes, you're helping employees grow, but you're helping you human beings develop, right, Omer? I mean, and it's all over your website. I mean, I love the fact that when I clicked on the company tab, as I was doing my research on you guys, the first thing you see in big, bold letters is the phrase, all we care about is growth. It's obviously important to you and how you do business. So let's drill down just a little bit more about the platform. I'm really interested in, in knowing how you help other businesses, especially their employees. Talk to us about the platform itself. How does it help scale employee development? Because employee development is one of the things that I'm, I'm really big on. Okay. We talk a lot about growth and development on this show. And as an executive coach, I'm all about helping leaders with their own growth and development. So talk about how the platform does that. So basically what the platform is doing is enabling you to scale the experience of one-on-one, right? Because again, if I want to connect you with the world's best podcaster, I can do it. I can yeah. connect one person to one expert. Now, when you want to connect thousands with thousands, it becomes much harder, yeah. right? That's basically the challenge. And we solve this with technology. So the way, is, the way it works is we use data and matching algorithms and uh, a lot of like technology around managing the process, measuring the process. Basically think of like technology as an enabler of yeah. thousands of human connections. 
So basically, platform does that, connecting a lot of different humans together. So of course, you get the participant, like the person who is going through the growth sprint. You have the expert from the other end who support the journey. And then usually you have the manager of the individual who also provides input. And we see ourselves as a tool not only for the individual, but also for the manager, because managers want to develop their employees. And then also you have the HR. So basically the platform coordinates with all of this and finding the best match, like your one true growth mate for each individual. Fascinating to me how technology has come to the point where we, we now can rely on it to be able to bring all these, these different facets of an organization's L&D department together through AI and algorithms. I really appreciate you explaining that. I want to talk about your entrepreneurial journey. I mean, sort of like, give us a picture of how you walk through this journey to realize, okay, this is a need and that is, that needs to be filled, right? I mean, this is a need in the marketplace that has not been filled yet. So what, what led you to finally having that aha moment? Okay, we need to have this company. So actually started with one of my co-founders, Dan. So I was always into learning and development. I had another startup in the space like 12 years ago. And the management consulting boutique I worked for, I was in charge of our learning and development. So I had some experience in the space. And before we founded GrowSpace, Dan was a COO of um, like a 200 people VC-backed company called uh, Signals Analytics. And recently it was it got acquired by another company. And um, people were leaving them, kind of like what we sh- were seeing today and uh, the great resignation. So people were leaving them and he tried to understand why. Why are people leaving? So he did some exit interviews, he did some surveys, and it appeared that people were not feeling they have enough development opportunities. So he invested in it and poured money in it and like brought in whatever solution he could put his hands on. He was very generous in it. And then he measured the success of all these programs and tools, whatever you could find. And the results were even worse than they have been before. So he's like, well, I give up. And then he called me and he asked me, Omar, how do you create an effective employee development? And then my initial response was, nobody knows. (laughs) Now, why nobody knows? Because there is no data. There is no real data. Like the whole space of employee development is usually not using data in order to predict success, like you find in everything, right? You have HubSpot in marketing, you have Salesforce in the sale, like you have customer success platform, everything. In every function in the organization, you get a platform like HubSpot that enables you to get success using data. So we basically said, okay, cool. Let's create a HubSpot of employee development. Again, starting with one-on-one development sprints, using data in order to facilitate and enable that. And there is a lot of data around like the experts, like who is good in what, tagging, taxonomy, NLP, which is technology that helps us understand like the specific tags out of like free text, for example. So, Okay, I want to move away from the business side to the culture side of the business, which it should be a business strategy. It should be a business initiative to actually shape your culture for business outcomes. So really, we're still talking about business here. 
And so let's talk about the culture. How would you describe the company culture at GrowthSpace? First of all, if you're a company that enables other employees to grow, one of your core values need to be growth. Like we really care about our people's growth. In, I'm still interviewing every employee that comes into our company. And one of my questions is always, how can grow space help you grow? So first of all, like growth, like grow is maybe our first value. We really, really care about our people growth and not as like a saying. I, as a CEO, I'm in charge of everyone's growth in the company and every employee in the company is in charge of my growth as a CEO. I really expect them to help me become a better CEO. So this is just one example. Like today, I had two moments of growth, like quarterly. We have like quarterly moment of growth sessions with two of my employees where it's like mutual moment of growth. Like I'm telling them, hey, here you can grow. Like this is your growth area, growth opportunity. And they told me, what are my growth opportunities? So this is basically one value we really care about. You stopped me in my tracks at one point. I, I almost like, because uh, uh, you don't hear often that my employees help me grow. It's not standard CEO lingo. So how do they help you grow? And what has become some of the things that have come up for you that you realize, wow, I'm telling you, it takes tremendous humility to be able to be in that space of receiving honest feedback, right? It may not be, it could be a blind spot you weren't aware of, because I think that once you address blind spots in my world of teaching leaders, et cetera, I'm always in the middle of blind spots. People are not aware of that. What's holding them back is something they can't see. That's why we call them blind spots, right? So perhaps tell us what would be a good blind spot for you and how did your own employees help you to address this as an area of growth for Omer? So first of all, I would say that the whole concept, I don't think it's humility. I think in everything, in business, especially in startups, if you think you know everything, and if you think I'm there, you will fail eventually. In order to really succeed, we need to grow. If we're doing something hard, we need to grow. So if you're not open to growth, if you're not open to feedback, if your product is not open for feedback, your product will be bad. And if as an executive, I'm not open for feedback, I will fail eventually. I will not fit the next stage. So in order for me to fit growth space as a CEO, when we go up the ladder, I have to grow. So I use basically this, this moment of growth in order to become better. A few examples. I was in a sales call with one of like a Fortune 500 chief learning officer. And in the call, I'm like talking and I'm very passionate when I introduce growth space and I'm passionate about what doesn't work in other things. And in the call, I said BS. <laughs> and then <laughs> my uh, VP of enterprise was with me in the call. Immediately after the call, he told me, hey, Omar, you cannot say BS <laughs> to a lady that you just met. So this was just a small moment of growth. And yeah, after that, I didn't say BS. And I didn't mean in any insulting way, but this is something that I said, something of a style, maybe because, again, I have like Israeli origins and we're more blunt, like right. something that they used to say. <laughs> so one example, another example, just from today, 
one of my um, head territories, like in sales, she told me, you're very sharp with your opinions. And sometimes you should use more question marks in the feedback that you provide. Like you're really, you're really sharp. So this was something that, okay, yeah, I can take that. And then I started thinking, how can I use more question marks when I want to provide feedback? So instead telling you, hey, I think you should do that, maybe rephrase to, hmm, have you thought of doing it that way? Where you say the same thing, just you just change the style. So, so instead of being more blunt is kind of step back and inquire by asking questions. Yeah. Okay. There's so much we could uncover on that. To me, that speaks to things like self-awareness and having uh, emotional intelligence, reading the room, knowing what another person may be feeling just by, by watching their body language. This is so, so involved here about, yes, there's growth in all of that, Omer. There's definitely growth, especially for, for the realm of leadership. So much growth in, in leadership, which is the whole reason we do this. But I'm curious, though, a lot of your customers are HR people, right? You talk to HR people every day. So how has that affected your own company values and the culture at growth space? First of all, I think what's nice about the profession of HR is that you're super focused on people, people's experience, people's growth, people's engagement. And eventually, I think the beauty of HR was kind of under the radar until COVID. And then once COVID hit, everything got more complicated. And I think now, you know, there is a phrase, I think I will quote the Josh Burson here, that before COVID, HR wanted to be at the table. Now they're at the table. No question about around that. But I think the beauty is that we need to communicate and interact so much with HR people who are very people-focused, then your company becomes very people-focused. So again, we, we talked about our value of growth and we have also value of uh, care or own your domain, which means like you have a domain that you own. So a lot of our values and our culture and the way we run the company is around very, very human or people-centric. Omer just mentioned a couple of their, their values. Own your domain and always care. Here's one that I want you to touch on. It's get to the truth. So set the example for us, right, as an executive of a company. I mean, how do you demonstrate get to the truth as a CEO of co-founder? And how would you encourage other CEOs? to, quote, get to the truth? So first of all, let's understand what is get to the truth. Good question. Yeah. Like as a company that wants to grow other people to support employees' growth, we really care about growth. Like, so we have the value of growth. Since we want to enable companies to grow their employees better using data or using truth, not fluff, not I think I made an impact, but I, ma I made an impact. And how did it, do I know that I made an impact because I have data to back it? So it's the same in our a culture of like decision-making process. So first of all, we use a lot of data in order to make decisions. And basically data is the source of truth. It's not like just fluff opinions, I think. It's basically show me the data. So it's a very data-driven culture. This is number one. Number two, and there is a phrase that I really like, um, strong opinions loosely held. 
So again, we have very strong opinions. As a CEO, like my employee gave me the feedback, said I have opinions about everything. But the nice thing is I don't care about my opinion, but I'm getting, I care about getting to the truth. So if there is discussion, I'm not making the final cut because I am the CEO. I'm aiming at getting to the truth. And I don't care if like the most junior employee will say something and I will say something different, but I'm trying to understand hmm, if his opinion, if his idea or her idea is better than mine, I want to go with her idea. I don't care that 100% of my ideas will not uh, go through. So here's what's coming up for me as I hear you talk about and getting to the truth. It's so hard to get to the truth as a company, as executives, or even encouraging your employees to do so because there is a fear factor involved. There's a lot of companies that operate on fear. And so people are not safe to express how they really feel. And so it's hard to get to the truth, to the bottom line of it's hard to problem solve together and to have all of the voices in the room to cut through, even if, if it means that you're going to have some conflict, some healthy conflict, or that you need to go through some healthy conflict to get to the truth. People are afraid. They're afraid of what their boss might think. If they're not, quote, towing the line, right? American expression, right? If, oh, you, you need to toe the line. And so I think that, that your value is so important. Your company value of get to the truth is so important because it allows people to be authentic, to be their true selves, to get to the kind of the, kind of the core of an issue so that we can solve problems together. Does that resonate with you? Definitely. First of all, I think that if you're working in a place that you fear to tell your opinion, I think you should change jobs because eventually it's work is one more element that enables you to express yourself and you're intelligent. That's why you were hired. And I don't hire people to obey, to do what Omer says. I hire them to be smarter than me. So I think if you're in a culture, you know, there are two types of companies, like people who hire A players, who will hire A players, who will hire A players, or people, A players who will hire B players, who will hire C players, who will hire D players. So if you're in the first one, I think, you, you shouldn't be afraid about like saying whatever on your mind. And if you're afraid there's something wrong with the culture. You encourage dissenting voices, in other words, because there might be something, speaking of growth, there might be something there that as a leader, as an executive, as a manager, that you can actually learn from your employees by allowing them the safety to express different ideas and opinions. Yeah. Hey, I want to talk about the great resignation. Because I'm really curious, you're, you're mostly remote now, and the world shifted since the pandemic, and now we got this, this thing where we're calling the great resignation, which I think because of that, we're now experiencing sort of this, the great reset because people are realizing, companies are realizing, we, we can no longer operate the way that we were. So tell us about how do you think this whole thing started? I mean, what do you think caused the great resignation? I think it's a combination of three things. Number one, you had COVID crisis. And in the crisis, it's hard to remember now, but in crisis, you know, people were afraid that they were going to be laid off. So if you had a job, you would just keep it. It's like that in every crisis. Now, 
after people just were afraid to leave their jobs, because again, you need to earn your living. So it's a hard thing. And so there was a crisis. And then when the crisis is over, so a lot of people that should have left their jobs didn't. So this is one effect that create, like eventually lead people to resign. Number two, again, the Fed is low. A lot of coming of money is pouring into the market. VCs, private equities, a lot of new jobs, new uh, companies, growth space. And so there is a lot of demand for talent. So again, when there is a higher demand, then basically the conditions are better. So people are looking for like better opportunities for them. And I will connect that with just the fact that we have a generation shift. So I think people are less patient, like you just said, to circumstances, to environments where they cannot express themselves, where they do not feel they grow, develop. It's not just about the pay. It's about the growth. So when people like companies try to attract talent, they need to show them, hey, this is how I'm going to let you express yourself in the best way. This is how I'm going to support your growth. So I think this mindset shift basically led people to live. So I got to ask, a company that, that specializes in growing people where this whole, their whole thing is about growth, how has the great resignation impacted the growth space? We created growth space before the great resignation, but also during COVID and especially now, we see a lot of demand in the market to what we do because companies are trying to find better way cooler ways to develop their talent. And again, matching people with the right experts at scale, it's something that most people, junior people, haven't seen before. So unless you're executive, you will get your coach, you will get your mentor. But if you're now managing a team, not necessarily just a talent, individual contributors. So, All right. So let's wrap up this little section on the great resignation with this question, because I'm curious now what your opinion is. If I'm a manager or an executive, and I, I'm desperate, right, to retain my good employees right now because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they're going to be out the door. It's just kind of the mindset of, of someone, person that may be looking at the greener grass on the other side of the fence to say, I can grow over there faster than I can grow over here. <laughs> so what is your recommendation for those executives that don't want to lose people right now? What can they do? First of all, do not work on the symptom, but work on the root cause. So resignation is a symptom of something wrong, usually. Sometimes people just want to leave, which is okay. Sometimes you don't get enough opportunities where you are, which is okay. But eventually, if the culture is good, and if you're investing in your people, people will stay. You will manage to retain your talent. And if you create a culture of transparency and openness and not fear. So even if people got like better uh, alternatives outside, like better pay or something, so they will just come back to you and say, hey, I got this like offer. Can you give me this wage, for example? So I think it's a lot around, first of all, a culture that enables people thrive. And number two, it's really about growth. Growth is important. Invest in their growth. See yourself as a boss. See your job 
as someone who is in charge of your people's growth. You want to take them to their dream career, to their dream positions. And when you do that and use whatever tools you can get. That's profound. Do not work on the symptom, work on the root cause. If this is an issue for you, where you're losing people. Very good. Okay. As we wind down here, Omer, we bring back the theme of this show to drive home the point that caring leadership gets the best out of people and creates value and, and results and even, even profit. So there is a mountain of evidence that asserts that caring and empathetic leaders who lead with both head and heart, hey, it's a known fact that they have outstanding performance. Their retention is high and they're, they're admired by their workforce. And this is really good for business. So in your own words, how do we lead with care and love day in and day out? I think the question you need to ask yourself, facing any situation with any one of your employees is what can I do in order for them to succeed? And sometimes it's very confusing. Usually the Buddha was quoted for um, the Buddha's capability to talk to each person according to what he needs and his level of understanding. So I think when you approach different situations, it's very easy to act the same because I'm the same. But if you try to focus, okay, what Marcel needs now? How can I help Marcel understand that? What do I need to do with him, which is different than I will do with her? So just focusing on how should I communicate to you something in order to encourage the behavior I want or whatever, but really focusing on the way you perceive things and where you're at. So it's a lot around the empathy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, before we come to a close, tell us a little bit about what Growth Space has going on right now to help businesses around the world. So, like I said, we're building kind of like the hotspot of employee development. So think of like a platform that not only with will connect like each of your individuals with the right expert, the right mentor, the right coach, the right trainer, but also enable companies to really measure their impact like really on the business, because eventually, you know, business impact is good and the profit is good. Profit means that you're doing something of value that people want to pay for it. But connecting the learning and development, organizational development to actual business impact, this is like something super big and enabling our customers to use data in order to make decisions in the learning development. So this is totally what we're working on. And like I said, involving the direct managers of people in the learning process of your employees, like basically we're building a tool not only for HR or for the individual, but also for managers who want to like develop their employees. Think about how many times you're providing feedback to people, but you're having a hard time to take them from feedback to impact. That's so great. we're this link, like moving from feedback to impact. So this is basically what Growth Space is about. And we're just making it bigger, more experts, more customers, and it's exciting. That's fantastic. All right, we bring it home with two questions. Omer, personally, what, what's really tugging at your heart right now that you'd like us to know? So I just saw right now, like before we started, um, you spoke in the beginning when you introduced me about the Hands of Flight. So Hands of Flight is basically a nonprofit that connects people with uh, cancer and ALS to alternative therapists. 
who come to their homes at a very, very low cost, like, you know, $15. And they basically give them alternative therapy for something they can truly afford at their own home. And some of these people cannot really move and go to like clinics or HMOs, et cetera. So this is uh, something I co-founded with our great CEO of uh, this nonprofit. Currently, I'm chairing it. And I just saw a post from a patient who has ALS and not like relatively late stage. And he decided like to talk about the impact that it created on his life. So this is just like from now, like from like the last hour. And then you see that and then you say, wow, it's so fun to see impact from something that you created. Like you put your energy into something and then it really impacts people's life. And, you know, we cannot cure them, but we can definitely make their life better, connect them with therapists and like, it's awesome. You are a fascinating human being, my friend, because you have a mission, a corporate mission to change the world through technology and bridging this gap of employee development, learning and development, and having the data-driven method to actually impact the lives of employees. And now you're telling me that you have this, this nonprofit, Hands of Light, that actually provides people afflicted with ALS with alternative therapies. And that in itself is a noble mission that's changing the world as well. All the way around, I appreciate you coming to the show. It's been a great conversation and I wish you well. If people want to connect with you, Omer, and learn more about you and GrowthSpace, where can they go? First of all, GrowthSpace.com. It's really relatively uh, simple. And yeah, I encourage, you know, everyone who hears that, if you work in a company that you say, I want my employee development to be better, to do something special, to have people really have like, whoa, I've never seen anything like that before. If you want these responses. So yeah, you can definitely just look at them and then see how the magic happens. Or just um, email me if you want, like omer.glass at growspace.com. Okay. It's been real. It's been fun. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Thank you so much. Super. Join the conversation and comment on this episode with hashtag Love in Action Podcast. And look for my show notes on my website, marcelschwantes.com. I'll make sure to include Omer's resources and information to Hands of Light and Grow Space and, and his social media handles there for you to connect with him. I'll be right back with my action item, as I always do, that one thing straight from this conversation that will help you become a better leader. So in business, especially in startup environments, if you think you know everything and that you don't need any help, and that, you know, you've arrived, you'll fail eventually. In order to really succeed, we need to grow. Hey, that comes straight out of Omer's mouth. So if you're solving challenging problems in the world, or even solving challenges within your own teams and departments, you need to grow. If you're challenged by people and how to effectively, you know, communicate to other people, you need to grow. Now, Put yourselves in your employees' shoes. So in this rapidly changing world, the ability to learn 
and grow is more meaningful than ever before. You know, it helps people retain their marketability and it allows them to keep their skills current. One top ranking CEO that I've covered in uh, my Inc.com column, he told me that he was able to retain the best talent, talent that could have been paid way more elsewhere by telling new hires receiving an offer this. This is what he told them. Check back in six months and you will be worth even more. Why? Because you are learning and growing new skills. The day you are not worth much more outside, you should leave. Until then, keep growing, and you can always monetize that in the future. Yep, there you have it. So to attract and retain the best talent in this so-called great resignation, you know, companies need to understand that people need more than money or perks. They need to be proud of the company they work for. They need to feel connected to their leaders and their colleagues. And most importantly, they need to feel like they are growing as employees and as human beings. That wraps it up. Thank you, Love and Action Tribe, for joining the conversation. And hey, we're always looking for business sponsors to help us grow. We're in 175 countries right now. So if you're interested, you can reach me on my website, marcelschwantes.com, or find me on LinkedIn. Thank you for listening to the Love in Action podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it, subscribe, and leave us a review. Until next time, don't forget, the future of leadership is love in action. Believe it, practice it, and watch your business grow.